0: Just before we start today, a brief apology from me for the delay in getting these latest episodes out. My wonderful wife just gave birth to our second child, a little boy. His name is Walter Ford Waxman. We're going to call him Wally. Little Wally Waxman has been keeping us busy. But I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll be back with 50 more very soon. Hello, and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman, and today we're doing a short episode on the elements of theatre composition. These elements of theatre composition are present on the new 2019 Theatre Studies Study Design for VCE. Well, let's get to it. The elements of theatre composition are cohesion, motion, rhythm, emphasis, contrast, and variation. The elements of theatre composition are used to create a deliberate effect. They're used to realise aims and intention. They're used to give structure to the interpretation or the way it is presented on the stage in performance to an audience. These elements can also be used to encourage or lead the audience to engage in the work. They can be applied individually or in combination in any theatre style used with any production role and at any stage of the production process. First one I'm going to talk about is cohesion. The unity and balance of various aspects of the interpretation. This can be contrasting elements of a production design, harmony of stagecraft areas, costuming and set matching with makeup and props, or maybe purposely being in disharmony. Is there solidarity in the design and the performance? Is there one cohesive style or is it disparate and does that work? Think of the sound of music and the von Trapps, the house and the curtains and the children, everything in its place, and then disharmony when Maria makes her changes. Two different kinds of harmony and balance, one fragile and one free. Unity can be precarious and tense. Think of The Visit by Frederick Duermont. When Claire's donation hinges on the townspeople killing Anton... Well, the town couldn't possibly do that, but bit by bit families start buying expensive new items in anticipation of the fact. In MTC's production, they used black and white town, and then yellow items to highlight the newly purchased items. Anton would notice each poor family with a new yellow item, and by the conclusion, the stage was a wash of yellow. Black and white becomes yellow, sometimes out of balance, and other times in strict harmony. Any element of the play, though, can be analysed in this way. And we create theatre that is cohesive. We try not to create jarring work, unless it's intentional. We remember that intentionality is what it's all about. That 16th century beggar wearing those Nike shoes, well, that's not cohesion, and that's not consistent, and that's not unifying the context of the play. That's going to distract for all the wrong reasons. Unless, of course, it's on purpose. The period, the style, and the performance. Is it unified, or is the design in disarray? Number two, motion. The movement or implied movement of actors and design features in the theatre space. This may include position, pattern, arrangement, proportion and spatial flow. Knowledge of stage areas and descriptors may be important here. Simple things like the difference between upstage and downstage, stage left and stage right. Reminding ourselves that stages were raked and downstage was literally down and upstage was literally up. Stage right and left is always from the actor's perspective. Prompt is stage left and off prompt is stage right. How do actors, set pieces, and design elements move throughout a performance as a whole, not just in individual scenes or in specific moments, but what is the motion of the piece, and how is that motion used theatrically throughout? This is the ballet of set movement and the choreography of people in the space, and even in a one-woman show how the space and performer moves within it. Think of the motion in the final moments of Animal Farm as Napoleon takes to the farmhouse and demands the re-enslaved animals rename the farm and all returns back to where it was, and all are worse off than when they were before. The movement of the animals through the space would contrast their excited movement at the beginning of the piece as they took over the farm in the rebellion, but now all is undone. The movement of the actors, the changing of the sign, the gluttonous slobberings of the marching pigs... Motion here is so important. Number three, rhythm. The pace, timing and tempo within the interpretation. This again could be a piece as a whole or as individual moments within a piece. Where is this piece going? What is the energy of the movement of the piece? Does the pace of the piece quicken as we reach the climax? And what happens to the pace and rhythms once it's reached? Does the energy of a show abruptly stop for comic or dramatic effect? Large anti-climaxes play on this. If the energy builds up to the protagonist's great successes and she fails, the bustling actors, the swishing of capes, all to get to the front row of seat to the announcement of her potential victory and then all is abruptly cut and the motion stops rather than building to an energetic release. The rhythm. Well, that's all about rhythm. Think of Christopher in the curious incident of the dog in the Nighttime*. How is his rhythm different to almost every other character in the play? His rhythm almost defines him as a character. He stops rhythms, he stops conversations, and then he has his own unique way of moving and being in the space. Rhythm is vital to Christopher's character. Number four, emphasis. Aspects of the interpretation are given a particular focus, importance, or prominence. This can be through text, stagecraft, acting, or any other area of theatre making, such as marketing, or even foyer display. What is the show as a whole focused on, and what is given weight or status? This can be done through simple things, like a story revolving around a specific person, or a spotlight on a lost object, or a face on a poster, or a sound for dramatic effect. It's in blackouts that give attention to the music. It's in the breaking of the fourth wall, and the making of the themes more important than the characters. Why have you noticed something? Why is the director or designer pointing you in that direction? Mufasa carrying Simba to the top of Pride Rock, and the animals below bowing to him as a spotlight picks up the baby cub held aloft as the music swirls and builds. That, that is putting emphasis on this moment. The whole song is leading to this moment, as animals and the stories build to the arrival of the new heir to the throne. Number five, Contrast. Juxtaposition of seemingly different or opposing aspects or qualities within the interpretation. A sea of black umbrellas and gray suits, and then a pink umbrella, suitcase, and dog to match. Sure, Elwood's from Legally Blonde clearly contrasts the other characters at Harvard, but it's not just her dress sense, though, it's her way of thinking and moving and how she presents herself that means more by the end of the piece. Harvard and Elton Newhouse are contrasting. Emmett's growth and journey. His confident, changed self contrasts his earlier, self-deprecating self. Same character, with a new belief in himself. Contrast exists in every stagecraft area, in every play and each performance. Its intentional, deliberate removal, like in a play like What Where by Samuel Beckett, is remarkable for how rare it is. Silence contrasts noise. Light contrasts dark. Young to old, short to tall. Although contrast is present everywhere we look, it is the intentional contrast that is being discussed here. How are the characters, design elements, rhythms and energies of the character different? And are there clear examples of this in the piece? The answer will be yes. Think of an election campaign with a billboard filling the theatrical space and an independent candidate standing below, desperately handing out how to vote cards. Contrast juxtaposition. Number six, variation. Changes to the dynamics of the interpretation as may be evident in the use of tension, conflict, intensity, energy, and use of space. Here is where all our elements come together to be observed as a whole. To create absurdist worlds like waiting for Godot, where nothing changes and we start where we end and all variation is meaningless. Or do we have epic theatre pieces or surrealist pieces or theatre of cruelty pieces that rely on jarring, contrasting, varied theatrical choices to prove their point? Narration or song used to remind you you're watching a play, or piercing tones to make you connect with a character, or a company of rubber ducks doing the cha-cha as a mouse turns into a tree. For some realism, think Lady from the Sea or the Removalists, the tension, conflict and intensity can be withheld and it's centred within the actor's performance, not released until the final moments. In others, such as Face to Face or The Laramie Project, the variation of character, relationships and tensions are constantly shifting. Variation can be applied to all stagecraft areas. Think how the songs of Act 1 of Beauty and the Beast show variety as we introduce our characters. Even the music matches their personalities, not even mentioning costuming and characterization. They say variety is the spice of life. Well, it ignites theatre. And it's there to be seen. So there they are, the elements of theatre composition. Cohesion, motion, rhythm, emphasis, contrast, variation, or Mr. ECCV. Well, that is all from us at The Aside. There are almost a hundred episodes of The Aside, so I'm sure you can go through our bank of episodes and find something that piques your interest. If you'd like to email us to suggest a topic for a future episode or to ask us a question, please do not hesitate in contacting us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for your ongoing support. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. And of course, thank you for listening.